0: good morning everyone you found us on the map mental health and addiction podcast Willie walsh i'm here with my co-hosts and amigos the amazing andy panda bernstein and the incomparable
1: mm-hmm.
0: kristen perry long Hello. we also have as a guest panelist today a guest host is, is willie drinkwater who we've had on many times before and before we mental
2: the, the legend
0: The man, the myth, the legend. Before we get to introduce um, Chris and Kathy Sullivan, we're going to kind of do our, um, give you a little intro first, which is um, for those of you who are new to the podcast, Chris Long has been in the industry for many years, dedicating herself to working with families and helping people get into treatment. And Andy has been an advocate for changing the landscape of mental health and addiction, both as the producer of Crosscheck Radio with hockey legend Kevin Stevens and through his own experience. Me, I own and operate Brady's Landing, sober home for women on the Cape. And we put this podcast together because all three of us are passionate about reducing the stigma around mental health and addiction. We believe that the more light we can shed on these topics, the less people will shun, ostracize, and otherwise punish those who suffer from mental illness and addiction. So um, we're going to do our check in now, which is uh, before Andy introduces our guests. And I'll let Andy take it away. How are you feeling
2: this week? How uh, are we feeling? Uh, I'm okay. I'm trying to figure, I'm still trying to figure it out. Right. I hate the, the politicizing drives me crazy. Now we did a cool event on Saturday up in um, uh, Saugus and it actually felt really normal. Um, And then, you know, you leave and then you hear the news again hear the news. And then you're like, okay, well, it's still here. Pandemic's still here, but, um, you know, so I'm trying to figure it out. Um, getting a little, you know, and here's the other thing guys during the day, I'm good. It's nighttime. I get stressed when all the, the daytime activities wind down, I got no sports. So I'm watching classic sports right now. It's great. I know the outcome. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm happy. Right. So I'm watching, I'm watching all kinds of stuff. So I'm doing all right. How, how about you guys? How are you guys doing? Miss,
0: yes.
3: Uh, well, it's pretty much a nightmare out there right now. Um, I had a, a horrible weekend. Um, somebody that's been working with, uh, since August, um, went back out. Uh, they were doing really, really well. And, um, they got money from unemployment, stupid money from unemployment. And, uh, they went back out and over from Thursday to Saturday, overdose six times.
4: Um,
3: and the last overdose, uh, I was in the process of getting them into detox and having them picked up to go to detox. And they checked in at nine minutes and they were going to the location where the Uber was gonna be picking them up. They got to that location, they called, and um, I said, nope, it's four minutes away, hold tight, it'll be there, okay, we're good. Four minutes came, the Uber arrived, called them on the telephone, no answer, called them on the telephone, no answer, texted, everything call back, back back-to-back calls, and somebody answered the phone, and it was police. And I asked for the person, and they said, you know, what is this person's name? And then you could hear the officer saying, you know, stay with me. It's okay. We got you. And it was, for me, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time, and I've never called somebody, excuse me, and had the police answer the telephone because they had overdosed, so um, I'm kind of reeling from that. Um, I'm angry, I'm angry that there's not more um, support and guidance and you know, our government is just throwing money at everybody. Um, and I don't wanna say everybody because there are small businesses and companies that are suffering and closing, but for the general population, the population that I deal with, uh, they have access to money. I mean, I I got I have three kids that are, are out. One, one's getting $1,800 a week. They don't even make that in a week. So I, I just, I don't know, I'm trying to figure it out. So that's where I'm at.
0: Awful, I'm sorry to hear that,
4: Chris.
2: Dr- drink water, what about you, my friend?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I I think the concern that I have, and I had mentioned it last week, is it, it it has a feel like the stigma is coming back to mental health and addiction because of the, the, the pandemic and everything that that that, that entails. So it's uh, mm-hmm. you know from uh, you know emergency rooms, well, you know it, it's a mental health issue. It you know it's not the uh, you know it isn't the virus. And and I had mentioned last week of how I had a client who actually taped taped security at a, a a hospital emergency room and he's he's trying to say to them I have mental health issues I need to talk to somebody and they're telling him to get off the campus.
2: No. So,
4: so yeah, I mean I'm getting calls from programs, you know, all over the state, can you take someone on for teletherapy? Can you take someone on for teletherapy at this point? I mean, you know, just and I've had uh, clients of my own back into detox again or back into inpatient psych. I mean, if you, if you have anxiety to begin with, this is just like pushing a lot of folks like right over the top. So that's the experience that, that, that I'm going through at this point. Yeah.
2: Kimberly, what about you? What's going on in your world?
0: Well, actually, um, on a positive note, I've got the, uh, the, one of the gals that I've got here is doing exceptionally well. She's, um, it's, it's one of those, and I just know it, you know, when you know in your gut, it's gonna be one of those success stories. Um, she's been, she's open, willing. She's had a, a long-term uh, issue with the drugs and alcohol, and she's just on her way back. She's gonna get her kids back. She's embracing everything that's here and, and nature and exercising and just getting back into being healthy. And I'm just not being more proud
2: which is what you did why you got started in this in the first place right yes, that's
0: why I did this exactly it reminded me you know exactly why I did this so um, uh, yeah so super popular.
2: well now that we've checked in with everybody um <laughs> it, it was actually so so before we get started I'm really excited to have them Chris and Kathy Sullivan but before we get at before we get to them um I found a funny article. Funny, not funny, but funny, haha, but interesting. Um, CNBC said the article was overeating, boredom, self-medication, how grocery bills skyrocket even as food becomes scarcer. So what they're saying is the average household spends an extra $69 a week right now on food. Um, and so it's now $155 a week per, per person or per family, um, which is up 80%. And they're saying obviously one in four respondents said they were rationing food to save money and avoid repeat trips to the store. But then one person says, I fluctuate between eating less to ration food and the food expenses down to overeating because of boredom and self-medicating for stress, anxiety, and depression due to the pandemic. So we're not alone. People aren't alone, right? we're all going through it. What do you guys think?
0: I stopped fast to the course. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, you have if you're home more, you need to eat more. You, you know what I mean? You get your grocery bill is going to be higher all your family's home for every meal. Um makes sense. But yeah, there's definitely people who are bored and eating out of boredom. That's
2: certainly Well, things are canceling, right? Things are canceling. I mean, how about the uh uh the long clan? How about that? How are you are you guys up with your uh, spending on food?
3: Oh, yeah. Like, I oh, my, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've got a, uh, an 11-year-old, a 9-year-old, and a 1-year-old uh, living with their mom here. And then my husband and I. And, you know, we've got Oreos and chips and pretzels. And it's like the willpower is out the window because there's nothing else to do. <clears throat> and it's one Oreo which turns into five Oreos, which turns into that extra spare tire. So, yeah, I'm spending money like like I've got it in the like, grocery store. Like a
2: drunken sailor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They've been awful. We've uh, both uh, gained
5: about 15 pounds in about two months. We've been been really 15. Huge.
2: Yeah, uh, the COVID-15.
5: Yeah. I, yeah. No, yeah so, a good cook
2: all that and... crazy. But you know what? I'm thinking you know, life will get back to normal. Everybody everybody will get back to normal and then they'll start exercising. Chris and I are gonna walk. Kimberly, you're welcome to join us too. Um not Chris Sullivan and I, which speaking of, let's meet them. They've been patiently waiting in that box um on your screen. So Chris, let's welcome talking. let's welcome our guests, Chris and Kathy Sullivan. Two of the nicest people. You are. You are one of the two of the nicest people. (laughs)
1: Um,
2: They are. uh, They have a great story. Chris played. For for those of you who may not know, Chris played in the NFL from 96 to 2002. He was a member of the New England Patriots. He played on two Super Bowl teams and um, won a Super Bowl in the first Super Bowl with the Patriots and has a ring to prove it. And... um, But he also struggled with anxiety and addiction to drugs and alcohol, and it was kind of one of the main reasons why his career in the NFL ended. And then his lovely wife, Kathy, is founder of Taylor's Message, and this is a foundation she started in honor of her daughter, Taylor, who we're going to learn about. And Chris and Kathy are both extreme advocates for making right choices, helping people, um, speaking to kids and uh, parents, teachers in the community. And uh, they're just super nice people and we're thrilled to have them on. So thank you.
5: Well, thanks for having us. It's a pleasure and it's kind of ironic because you and I were talking earlier about how the chiropractor office opened up today. And that's how you and I met, like very, very weird.
2: Isn't that weird? (laughs) We have a divine intervention here. So totally. Cause I haven't heard from them in forever and they just popped up. Yeah. Yes.
5: We're to the audience how we met and yeah. then I'll tell you
2: how. Okay. So, so I go to this, um, I'm going to give them a shout out with good chiropractic in Mansfield. Dr. Sarah, I was, um, I hadn't been to the chiropractor forever. I go into Dr. Sarah, I'm, I'm sitting, um, she's working on my back and I was telling her what I was doing. I was doing a show with Kevin Stevens, Crossjack, And, and, uh, she's like, Oh, that's awesome. You know, I got to listen and I'll subscribe. Right. And I know she will because she used to read my blogs all the time too. So, so she, 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 signed up. I come out. So their walls are like paper thin, I'm assuming. Right. Or, um, I was talking, I was talking to Rebecca at the front desk about what I'm doing today and Kathy was there. She's like, "Listen, I gotta tell you, um, my husband um, and I, you know, do a lot of speaking around this. I have a foundation called Taylor's Message." I said, "Really? What's your husband's name?" She says, "Chris Sullivan." That's so weird because I was trying to get in touch with him to have him come on our show, and here she is in the chiropractic office. So, thank you, Yeah. Right. It's bizarre though, but it's like, it's like meant to happen. So, you know, these things always seem to happen for me and I guess they're, you know, and you know, these signs from above always happen. And uh, so, yeah, so that's how we met, right?
5: Yes. And then I obviously met Chris from the signs above too, because I actually, my first talk about Taylor because my daughter passed away from underage drinking um, in 2008 high school senior, house outside house parties, parties during the day, um, homecoming night, ended up getting lost in the woods at an airport and ended up drowning um, her senior in high school at homecoming night. With 21 girls,
1: right? 22
5: friends, yeah, boys and girls, both in the woods. Yeah, just, you know, making poor choices, seniors in high school not making the greatest of decisions. So after, you know, the search of three days, we found her on that Monday, which was horrific, obviously, as you all can imagine. Um, Somehow I stood up two months later at my first high school, and I was like, you know what, it's going to make a difference. My kid was amazing, to say the least. Um, Miss Taylor was amazing. So I went to my first high school two months later. And then about a week later, I wanted to speak to the parents because there were so many things as a parent that I felt I could have done better, you know, we could all learn as, as a community. And my husband-to-be was up in the audience, last seat, way, way up in the bleachers because he's the total opposite of me. Um, and he was there. And, you know, weeks later, we ended up being at the same place. We we're at the church, his sponsor. He was five weeks over literally in that audience. And his sponsor was one of my high school friends. So we ended up hanging out, started walking together. And then the rest is history. He married me two years later.
2: And Stop you're him. like <laughs> America's beloved <Yeah. Islamic laughs> yeah. couple.
5: Yes, and you know what, and it's interesting because like Chris would see what happens when I go to the schools, he'd see the kids come up to me. And he realized there was no reason that he should have been the one that survived this horrible disease, and he said, "You know what? I need to make a purpose out of this." So he started chatting with us, and then we went together. And he's amazing, and he talks to the kids, and then I talk to the kids, and it's just like a union like we can't even understand. It's just very, very great. Yeah.
2: And it's pro- and it's probably really brought you guys closer together as a as a unit as well, because you both are kind of have a common common goal. So all right, Chris.
5: Well,
2: you Go say ahead.
6: that because you say we have nothing in common besides what our belief was. You know, everything yeah. surrounded uh, alcohol, drug use, abuse, uh, um, yeah, mental health, all that stuff. It's um, we believe in that, but when we leave a school, we have nothing in common. <laughs> we are two different people. I, I, I know the virus is awful. This, 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 I've been preparing for isolation my whole life. Like this is all. This has been my whole life, my comfort zone. Like this is this how I wish the world was not sick, but I wish everyone kept to themselves, stayed in their house <laughs> and never talked to me. I'm good, she's opposite. He, you know? he loves social
5: distancing. You know, and I know how
6: hard it is right now for people not be able to get to meetings and trying to Zoom meetings and and I understand that. You know, um, but for me, it's, it hasn't been that bad because it's kind of like where I'm comfortable, you know, um, but I know a lot of people are struggling because of what's going on right now too.
2: So so Chris, tell us about, give us a little bit of background about, about yourself and kind of, um, kind of how you got to where you are today.
6: Um, you know it's funny? It's um, I never thought I'd be speaking in front in front of people ever. Um, that's not my anything I'm comfortable doing. Um, I struggle with it. I've always struggled socially, and um, but how I got to this point is um, I grew up right down the street in North Attleboro, Massachusetts, and in my whole life I struggled with mental health issues that. I didn't know were issues. Like I always knew I struggled, but I never asked another person, talked to another person. I never let anyone know about my struggling with anxiety and depression. Like I'm sweating right now. My outfit's sweating a little bit. I know that's gross, but it's just, I didn't know how serious of a condition I was struggling with. I didn't know how powerful it was. And I struggled with that my whole life, even though I got full scholarship to Boston College, I got drafted by the New England Patriots, and I got a Super Bowl ring. Um, I didn't enjoy a second of it because of my anxiety and my depression and how I thought about myself. I never enjoyed one second of it, and that's what took me out. And that's what led me to drugs and alcohol was I I needed to find an outlet to the way I felt my whole life. And um, I remember when I took my first... I had had Percocets before after surgeries. I had taken pain pills and thrown them away because I had to get back as soon as I could after an injury. And um, but I found that feeling I had always dreamt about since I was in like third grade, maybe and more. I so Always, always wanted to be someone else or just feel different. I had always dreamt of a feeling. And um, yeah, I found that right. feeling, and that and that's that's mostly what I let kids know, like. I didn't know everyone didn't feel like that. Um, Right. And I bottled it up and I bottled it up and I bottled it up. And I was 28 years old and I was like a ticking time bomb. You know, I didn't know how powerful um, struggling with mental health um, really was. Like I didn't know. A lot of people suffering, you just don't know. You know, and most people that struggle with addiction have the underlying struggle with mental health. And um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I ended up here.
2: Um, how did it I start? Thought...
5: How about the addiction one. They don't know. Your story. Oh,
6: I, in um, September 2001, right around 9-11, I had been released by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ugh. And I, I was in Massachusetts.
2: Hmm? And yeah, I was telling Chris Long to shut up because I'm a yeah. Steeler guy.
5: Go ahead. Know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't
6: watch football. Actually, I like I'm right. like Pittsburgh.
2: <laughs> what kind of happened to me is...
1: <laughs> you were to
6: you. I was with the Patriots for three years. I went out to Pittsburgh, um, had two surgeries out there, and I got released by the Steelers, and I came back to North Attleboro, and I was in a bad place. Um, everything I always struggled with I got 10 times worse. And I came home and I isolated and I stopped talking to anybody that cared about me. And I started hanging out in places I shouldn't have been and um, started buying pain pills. And um, September 2001, um, I didn't think it would affect me. Like I thought I was different, right? I thought because I, graduated college in three and a half years i got into graduate school i had never missed a practice in any sport in my life i didn't talk back to teachers i came from a strict upbringing like i didn't think i could go to, i could become an addict or i didn't think i could go down that path because i thought well look at all the things i've accomplished right and stronger. Uh, right. i didn't know when i started buying and it was over you know, it kind of what happened to me is I got back on the Patriots for month later. Um, we won a Super Bowl. By the time we won the Super Bowl in, in February, January, 2002, or February, um, I was an addict. I was a full-blown addict. I took 300 Percocets down to the game with me for five days. Um, and the night I get my Super Bowl ring, I get arrested, um, drinking, taking pills, got arrested, um... Spent the night in jail, and basically three days later, I about weeks later, I gave up football. Oh and wow! It was, it was six six months after taking my first pill, I gave up. I gave up football, and um, it was an easy decision. And you know, and then my life went how you guys can imagine. I was a millionaire. Um, I was a millionaire, and. Uh, Pretty quickly, I went up to a thousand dollar a day heroin habit. I was taking. I was getting everything delivered to my house. By two thousand five, I was one hundred sixty pounds, and my hair had fallen out. I played it about two ninety. Um, yeah, just just craziness. Just A O U I S. You know the ambulance rides, the jails, the fifteen rehabs. The long story short. Um, the same.
5: Their little faces on. don't She's mind me. Confusing me okay now i can see you guys are still fine yeah. right
2: yes we're so, here
6: so press i had given up i had left another sober house and um because i had lost my house and 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 i had resigned it that's where I was gonna be, and you know? um, I know what happened. You know, I usually say that because I can't say that in schools. But it was a God, God thing. And I remember, I had nothing. I was crying like I was a newborn baby for probably three hours. I tried to break into the church next door to pray, and and um, God puts people in your life at the right time, right? And um, I get the willingness, I get the gift of desperation on that couch after crying for three hours. And my sponsor now, her friend walked in. Um, he had been doing wellness checks on me twice a day for about two weeks. And um, if he didn't walk in, I wouldn't have got sober that day. Um, I might be sober today, I don't know, but he walked in at the right time and um, the rest is kind of history, you know? Um, that's a that's amazing. I, I, for the first, yeah, for the first time, um, I broke down sobriety pretty easy. Um, I learned this about two months in. I just pretended it was football, not because I said I like football, but I had to equate it to something I knew. And my sponsor was my coach, right? And people in meetings that I thought I was different than they were my teammates. And I played with a lot of guys that I didn't like, but you had to get along with them. And those right. kind of the people... Things. like I love everyone meetings, I don't agree with them all. And um I had assistant coaches and 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 it made my life so easy, you know, and, and and I found meetings that were like a locker room. I personally I go to all men's meetings and um when you're sharing from the podium people will be making fun of you, you know, and mm-hmm. I, so I found another locker room. And uh but it's pretty amazing and it's it's um it's given me an amazing life sobriety and I think that she sees it too.
0: I love it.
5: I know it's funny. I met Chris 11 years ago. It's been 11 years since Taylor passed. And I stopped drinking when I met him because it wasn't important to me, it wasn't something I did often, anyways. So I did up drinking, so I'm always like, how come I don't get a chip? I haven't drank for eleven
1: years. <laughs> hey, where's my chip? Right? Anyway, <laughs> yeah,
5: no, no, exactly, right. So I went to go. I sneak in at the end of his like yearly anniversaries to be able to see. Sometimes I'm able to give him a chip. So they gave me one this year. It was the sweetest thing in the world. But honestly, oh. those Oh my God, it was awesome. But those guys in those meetings, I'm always like, you we all should have people like that in our lives because they teach less in those meetings. It's amazing. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. And you know, it's like,
5: um, Chris, can I, Chris, can I share what you put in that text? Am I able to share that Chris long? Not my Chris. I'm here. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So you had said that your son was one of those people at those parties where Tay was. And, you know, it's funny, like, as soon as you said that, I said, oh, God, I hope he's okay. Like, that's what was in my head is, you know, I hope that his heart was able to heal, you know, 11 years ago, because it that was, was hard for all those kids.
3: That was kind of the beginning of uh, his journey. Um, I got into this because uh, my kids got into drugs. I didn't pick this field. I didn't, this wasn't what I was going to do when I grew
5: up. Um, yeah.
3: You know, at that point, uh he was experimenting with um, alcohol and marijuana and pills, um, and I remember, I remember that day like it was yesterday because it stopped him in his tracks, um, right. you know. And it stopped some of their friends. And unfortunately, maybe that's the reason why he continued to self-medicate. I don't know. It's, you know, it's it, it could be part of it. It could be he was already in the the throes of it and he didn't realize. He also had an accident um, playing sports and um, when they went to go uh, put his shoulder back in, uh, he was literally coming from the field and his adrenaline, I mean, he was young, his adrenaline was so hyped up, they just kept giving it to him and giving it to him and giving it to him, not giving it an opportunity wow. to to get in uh, to his yeah. system. And then it hit him all at once and he fell in love wow. with that feeling and he'll tell you that he fell in love with that, that feeling. He and yep. he had surgery. He had surgery, uh, like a, less than a year later, walked out with a bottle of uh, Vicodin, uh, yeah. called the and doctor off. the next day and said he couldn't take the Vicodin. It was giving A, B, and C for uh, off the internet for, you know, side effects. The doctor yeah. called a bottle of Percocet. So now he's got a big bottle of Percocet and a big bottle of Vicodin. He was often and run into the races, you know. Yeah. but he's um you know, no. no idea yeah so he's a he's
1: no.
3: a he's a year plus off of heroin and um, a year plus off of uh suboxone so he's doing good
5: good job mama um tell yeah. him i said congratulations too i i will yeah. Taylor, please do. you know tell him give him a special hug for me but i will uh, yeah, a few of Taylor's friends struggled, and it was because they didn't have the mental capacity to be able to digest the loss, digest any feelings they had, you know, if, you know whether I had a million things I wish I did different. So did some of very good friends of Tay's. And one of her friends in particular struggled for, for six, seven, eight years with her own use, everything under the sun. And she is about three years sober now, and she just had a baby, so... Uh, I'm very happy. Yeah. You know, and and I always say, what would my Tay have done if the roles were reversed? You know, like how would she have survived the loss? I can't even, I can't imagine what they went through as friends. I mean, I know what I went through as a mom, but I know what they went through as friends was just as difficult, whether it was the child or a friend because they loved and the
1: experience
5: and even the negativity that came afterwards you know you know and i'm sure you remember the lawsuit was filed you know for the but capabilities being. you'll find out what happened and i think i think it opened up a lot of eyes to people you know with what can happen just by one choice for anything you know and i think that's the purpose of it and i think meeting chris and going to the schools and doing everything that we've done for 11 years solid it shows me that there is a purpose for everything you know my loss to Taylor was for a reason my meeting Chris was for a reason I mean even your son struggles for some reason you're going to find out I guess from now why you know even though it seems impossible at times you know right. and I've met the most incredible mm-hmm. mothers who have lost their kids to overdoses who've lost their kids to alcohol and it's it's a big circle, and it's huge, and it needs people like you guys doing these podcasts to be able to get the knowledge and the awareness that you're not alone, you know? And, you know, it's the best of children be and people and everybody. There's no reason to be ashamed. I have been eating like a fiend. It is no different. It's just a different addiction. I swear. Right. Like,
6: it's right. crazy. Oh, the gym thing is right. awful.
5: Oh, it's awful, you know? And so I think people right. in this COVID and this isolation, it's really making people realize what's actually important. You know, I hope people take that out of this after the, you know, whenever it goes back to the new norm,
2: you know? So, so when you guys go speaking, yeah. what are some of the things that you talk about? You know, how, how do you work in conjunction with the get with each other? You know, look at, you know, well, how, how do you, how do you, um, you know, what's the impact uh, so, like feedback? Yeah.
5: So, so it really matters what the schools want. Sometimes the schools have me, sometimes the schools have Chris if it's about opiates, sometimes it's just about me if it's about alcohol. We prefer to be together because we go together and then it's usually like an hour and 15 minutes. I introduce us, you know, and then Chris always talks first. So he talks he and then I it.
2: talk. He loves talking.
5: He Hold on,
2: you
6: know what's <laughs> funny? Right before when the kids come in, this is the difference. She will make them close every door but one
5: in the she will room. hug if
6: there's 500 kids she'll hug everyone a high five them or compliment. not on the way
5: in I just on the way in. yeah well no, no I high five them mm-hmm. I compliment the hair the girls with the puns on the head I say hi to them when they walk in the door but they think I'm some crazy substitute teacher From they the don't I'm the speaker and I'm like the most joyous yeah. human being you'll ever meet mm-hmm. So they never picture me as the mother with a dead kid. By any means, not to be so blunt, but that's true. They never picture that. So I'm, hi, 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 hi. And then I go down and Chris is hiding. He's usually in the back of the (laughs) auditorium praying. okay, please, God, let me do this. And then he comes out. So he talks first, then I talk. And then the kids come down. But anyway, when you ask like what comes out of it, I always say we are under the umbrella of substance use and alcohol and drug awareness but what those kids come up and actually physically talk to us about drinking drugs self-harm suicide there's so many kids that come up and say oh my god i didn't realize that was so important to my people like that they are so loved and and that they can make a difference and they can be a voice you know it's incredible and like i love it when they come up to him afterwards and i'm like he's a huge hug Uh (laughs) off and they talk to him afterwards. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's so great to be able to see like these big strapping guys come up to us and go, oh, I have that anxiety. And I have like, we have teachers, we have counselors email us afterwards and say, he came up to us, he came up to us. Like I've had kids come and say, I was gonna commit suicide that day. You know, it's just- Really? It's, wow. It's absolutely incredible. You know, and mm-hmm. what I, I, we always say, you know, what I prefer to have Taylor being a 28 year old today, you know, Chris, your kid's 28. I know. My kid's still 28, but just in heaven, and right. I, I wouldn't change. my mind. You know, and for a mom to be able to say that, it speaks volumes for what happens. then. when
3: I think it's what really I think what you know what has come of this, and and we've talked about this in previous shows and stuff. I have a lot of moms. When I started out, we were all swimming upstream. We were all fighting for our kids. We were all trying to save them, and yes. we were a big group. And now we're a really small group. And the big group is those moms that have lost their loved ones. But I draw I draw my energy and my will to keep going from them. Because if they can get up every morning and they can put a smile on their face and they can share their stories, then it's selfish of me to be like, poor me. So yeah. I love the energy and, and the will. Um, I mean, I don't like the stories because it's sad, but what comes of it, uh, I have met some of the most incredible people, you know, in my Fair life enough. because, because of it. So yes. um, as sad as it yeah. is, uh, it's also a blessing.
5: It is a blessing, yeah. it, it, ha- it, it truly is a blessing, you know?
0: And it happens one I kid like, at a time, right? <laughs> what was it? Sorry, Kath, I just happened, it happens one person at a time. You know, you gotta got focus on the ones that are willing and you have to, it just it doesn't happen in a vacuum, you know, but we're doing it slowly but surely.
2: Willie, well, drink water.
0: Started,
5: yeah, but even as you guys started your conversation, like with Kim and Chris saying, you know, Chris had the power story of the weekend and the, you know, being there for the overdoses. And then Kim was able to say, I got to see this girl see it. And like, right. you felt it in her face. And that is exactly what people in sobriety have to go through every single day, the ups and the downs. But it it makes you realize, like, the survival stories, you know, uh, they're they're everywhere, whether they survive or whether they don't, it's still the same story and the same feelings. Willie? Yes.
2: Willie and Kimberly, you're very quiet. Let's uh, hear from you guys.
4: Yeah, I mean, I'm a believer that so so long as someone has... uh, so, so long as someone is above ground, they can make, uh, you know, odd uh, changes and stuff. Too. So long as you're uh, breathing, there's the possibility of change. I've, I've seen t- too often, folk I mean, I have a friend with who actually went through 171 document detoxes. And if you asked him what was so different about 171 as opposed to all of those prior, and he said, well, you know, I think I got to a point where I was actually hearing what people were saying to me. And I think that's why we need to keep talking. You know, its you just never know when something that you say is going to be a, a click for someone to, to, to start the process, so.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. You say that in meetings all the time, right? Chris, I loved your um, story. It was amazing. I, that was just a, I, I, I can see the progress, see where you went, and I relate. I'm in long-term recovery myself, so I can really relate to that. but. But you're right, it, we go for the newcomers to see maybe just this time someone will pick up, or pick, they'll get it, you know, they'll get a piece and that'll make them hang on and then, and then they'll get the steps and then so forth and so on. So, yeah, it's a beautiful story.
2: It. Uh, tell, can you yeah, speak to minute. us? Okay, okay, go ahead, Kat.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm
2: done. Oh, okay. <laughs> can you yeah. speak, tell us about Taylor's message and kind of um, the foundation and You know, obviously, it's a lot about what you're already doing with speaking, but can you kind of tell us the vision behind it?
5: Well, it's not really a foundation. I mean, we started out and we just went to every school under the sun, donated our time, got to every school that we could to make things happen. Um, Over the years, you know, we've donated scholarships to schools and stuff like that as well, and like kids have suffered and whatnot. But Chris and our main goal within the next year is to start an actual foundation for things like that. We, uh, Chris literally just gave up his telecommunication company. Oh, right, um, I didn't remember Bye-bye,
1: great. Bye. great timing. Yeah, great timing.
2: like, I'm trying to, to, yeah, he's like, I'm trying to <laughs> a
5: tunnel, right? right? <laughs> well, <laughs> I literally gave it
6: away. Yeah,
5: literally gave it to our business partner. We had a business partner who like, you know, this is not what our passion is, why are you spending 40 hours a week here? So we basically handed everything over, the vans, the equipment, everything, bye-bye. And then we literally, for the first time in 11 years, actually reached out to schools and said, hey, do you want us to come? Because 11 years now, it's all been word of mouth. It's all been people coming to us. We've never asked a school once besides my very first one. So we go and we say, you know what? We're going to make this business. We're going to get them out there speaking and get to be able to give back some rewards to people inspired and we got all these schools. Mm. We, he was so good. He was like, doing "Letters and emails, got them all out." We have some affiliation with the DA's office in Plymouth, who are fabulous. And oh, we got with all these Mark, uh,
2: with Skeffington, with
5: and, uh, um, with, well, Ed Payton and Tim Cruz yeah. that group over there. So uh, we cool. had all these schools booked. We had this. Mm. We probably had twenty schools booked, like ready to go. Everything was all set, and then the next week covid (laughs) so bye bye school everything was canceled which you know so for us it's a new it's a new thing that we're actually trying to do this whole time for Chris. you know and i'm a realtor so i sell houses for a living as well so you know we are really trying to get it so we can be up in money so we can do a wellness center so we can you know, get all that stuff going. Like we were looking at sober houses, we were looking at wellness centers. So you know, we don't have a lot of capabilities by any means right now, but that's the goal to do it in the next ten years to get that up and running. You
2: know, I,
5: I, and yeah,
2: that's awesome because I remember that Chris <clears throat> was saying we we had talked about that. You know, y- y- your your platform is really can really make a difference in people's lives, whereas you know, you were saying that you were kind of frustrated or not frustrated, but climbing into um, walls to um, route guess. wires, you know, for telecom. You felt like you weren't really fulfilling your purpose. So um, that's accurate, yes?
6: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the last time we went took a vacation was 2010. So we yeah. both, like, I would, I, whatever, if I work. 40 hours a week, we'd do 30, 40 schools a year. Those would be our, all of our vacation days, doing three talks a day in a school.
1: Yeah.
6: So the last time we went away was we went to North Carolina in 2010. 2011,
5: 2011.
6: It was our last vacation, which is, but you know, and I'm angry, so the schools were my vacation days, which was yeah. which was nice. But I have to head in a new direction, you know. and. Um, it-
5: and Honestly, we've said he's got more capability than most people because of the affiliation with the NFL. Because of you know, he's done this task, and it's foolish not to be able to help and pay it forward by doing some sort of outreach. That's foolish not to use it. So, so question goal. I have yes. a question for you guys.
3: So, obviously, I'm an advocate, and you know, I've always been like, you've got to talk to, you've got to have people that. Um, you know, can speak instead of having. Uh, I'm not going to say their name, but they're they're a well known um, ex professional athlete, but they charge like stupid money to come in and speak at your school. And you know, like they have the athletics nights. You know, they have the the, the prom before the prom. You have to come in, you have to sign a contract. They have the talks. They have the Man. athletics. And I, you know, I think it's. It's so vital that, you know, people hear that, that kids hear these stories. And sadly, it's not necessarily, they're not going to listen to somebody that they've never heard of, but you have the advantage. You have, you know, that background, you have that professional, uh, you know, who knew you were going to be a professional football player, right? And you've got kids that are starting out that they're freshmen and sophomore and they want to play football uh, when they get older, or they want to go on and play a professional sport. And I think it's really important that it's not just the kids that you speak to, that it's the families that you speak to. Because as as a parent, you know, I had to advocate for my son and my daughter and I didn't know that I had to advocate. I didn't know that he didn't need 90 Percocets. You know, I didn't know that he had called in the pharmacy, had his friend pick up, you know, uh, the Percocets from the pharmacy and bring it home. You know, I never, I I didn't know that kind of stuff could happen. Obviously, things have changed now, but do you get the, are you becoming more welcomed in schools or is it still not my school? You know, we are very
5: welcomed in school. Yeah. Hmm. We are very welcomed in school and like we donate a lot. We probably donate more than half of them that we go. And if schools don't have funding, then we just go, you know, just to go. We will never not have a school be able to hear the message. That's how it is. So, but with Chris for Parent Night, he has, he never had his own kids. So he used to always say, Well, what good am I at Parent Night? And I'm like, Honey, you have so much knowledge from the student athlete, you know, not being able to speak and all that. So he talks a lot about that as well. And the same with his Parent Night, I just put it all out there, you know, I should have been more aware. I should. But you know what's funny? Chris, we're not going to know what we don't know till we, have to know it, you know, so don't ever look at it back. Oh, I wish I knew this. I wish I knew that. I love that Maya Angelo. you know, when you know better, you do better. And that's all you can do. You know, yeah, that's a huge, you know, but it's funny though, because the parent nights we do, we always want them to be mandatory because mandatory is awesome, but we'll have parent nights and it's 20 parents, the parents that normally, you know, are doing what they got to do. But the kids will call, they'll say, you bring the parents. So that does work when we go the day of the school and then they do the parent night. So we get a lot of activity with that, but, but it's also, you know, just the next time and tell the next parent, the next parent and the next. Parent. I
2: mean, do you okay. talk to coaches? Do you guys talk to coaches at all? Or would you like to talk yeah. to coaches?
6: some coaches? You know, it's funny because um, I was just thinking I struggled to even like want to go into school because I was like I've always I'm like the sad part is I have we both have like I guess a catch like I played in the NFL she lost her daughter and 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 that's the sad part I was like why don't they bring in a kid that's 30 never had a drink in his life but the kids will tune him out you know and that's the sad part you know I felt kind of weird going to schools to tell you the truth you know and um,
5: why is that at first,
6: because I was like, oh, I screwed this up and it's just my own thinking, you know. But the funny part is like um I'll tell people I'm an addict and alcoholic before I will ever tell you I played football. Football is like the list Patriots, like I hey, listen, I'm proud of the Patriots. I will never say I'm not, but on a scale of one to ten, that's like number five on which I'll, I'll tell you I did. Number one's addict alcoholic. alcoholic. Occasionally, I will tell people I played at Boston College. Usually, I tell people I played Pop Warner. Where um, am I on this list? <laughs> um, Great she gets mad because when I I go on my wake up and down, people are like you play football, And I'm like North Ann Pop Warner. Pop Warner. Pop Warner. Saying, yeah, I started for North Edinburgh High School. Um, it was- or, I mean, but you know what's funny? Like when I get sober, like honestly. Like a lot of people, I thought it was like a death wish. I would be stuck in this church basement, you know, for the rest of my life. And and I just I didn't go to the right meetings. I wasn't listening. And you know what's funny? Like the first time I ever became hopeful was in meetings. In my life, you know, I didn't have a coach that made me believe in something as much as like it was the first time I got hope. You know, and I in those halls, I get hopeful that life can be good. You know, um, I didn't hear it from coaches. I didn't hear it in the athletic You, endeavor, you know, yeah, and, you and, and I, you know, the crazy part is like, and it's true. And I'll say to guys I played with, like, I would much rather be in a church basement than in a box at the stadium in a luxury box at a football game. Like what I thought was the death sentence is like my comfort zone. I love it there. It's a yeah. blessing, you know. A life sentence. Most people would be like, oh, you know, I'd yeah. like to go to the game and sit in the boxes and have been yeah. you know, there, done that, that right? Stuff. Yeah. Um,
5: well, no, no, what he said to me once seen
6: I've, I've seen kind of both extremes yeah.
1: in life, I guess.
5: You know what you said, the one switch out made sense to me as someone who has never had any struggles with addiction, he said to me once he goes, Kathy goes, I always thought, how could I ever not get married and not have a drink at my wedding? Like it <laughs> didn't concept that he would be sober forever. And like if ever he was to get married, not to get married. he goes, I always had a reservation. And if I was gonna have that reservation, I was gonna take the trip, you know? And it's it's interesting because now we'll go to like the Patriot stuff up there. And we had a fifteen-year reunion for the Super Bowl ring that they won, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, Chris, Sully, how are you? I wasn't what have you been go. doing?" He wasn't going. I made him go. He goes, "Sully, what have you been doing?" He's like, "Halloween, Halloween." <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
6: <laughs> right. I guess it's a gift. I am. I'm not ashamed of like stuff I've done, even remotely. Like I'm ashamed I put my parents through it, and my family, but. I could I I guess it's a gift like I don't care what people think even though I'm insecure and and (laughs) shy and all that. I know
5: you might want to say for Chris's you have Chris over there along explain to her how like you talk about it with your brothers and sisters you know like he'll tell stories in front of his mom who struggled for eight years to try to get her son to live and on the occasion that you tell the stories she gets upset. You know, because it's Yeah, so I hard guess for her. I didn't
6: I didn't realize the damage I you did. knew, but you
5: didn't realize I did, but you know, my
6: mother's life kinda of went with mine, like most people. Um when I get yeah. really bad she drank a lot more and um Yeah. Yeah, like I, I think it was two years ago we were in the kitchen and we were doing what I thought was a funny story and um apparently it wasn't. And you know, my mother started bawling and it was like just shut up and Struck and in it is because, is you know, Chris, you know, you've yeah.
5: done. Chris, as you know, like the struggles yeah. that you have as a parent to keep your child alive, like on a daily basis, mm-hmm. you know, while they're just in the thick of it. He always said that. He said, you know, I was in the news, I was in this. He goes, but I was high, so it didn't affect me like it affected my mom. So for that, we send you some love, Chris. nobody should. <laughs> Thank you. you. Yeah. Um.
4: Yeah. Go ahead, Willie. No, oh, no, I'm just listening in. I'm good. Uh,
2: you're so shy today, Willie. Kim, Kimberly, what say you?
0: I just, I'm just I'm thrilled that you guys were able to come on and share your your stories with us, and and the work that you're doing is amazing. You know, it it takes these grassroots uh, types of things to really make a difference and to make a change, and um, really appreciate what you guys do. And thank you, and we're honored to have you guys as guests.
5: If, well, anytime you want. Him to come chat with you ladies, he'd love to. He'll come say, love yes. Yes. Uh, I will take you up on that. The
6: saddest thing is so, I've owned a Harley since 1998. I bought it Yay. for a uh, good drinking decision, but the furthest I've gone is Falmouth. So, I've had one for 23 years because my back is so messed up. Um, I after about 20 minutes I have to get off, but we could make it down we can drive the bike.
0: Oh, it's yeah, it's great. I may have to take a ride though. I'm, I yeah, mine was stolen. My Harley was stolen back. Uh, So now
2: we learn that she's got a Harley on top of all the Uh, other. There's so much to unpack. I, Chris Long, right?
0: Oh my
3: god! I'm like, could we just extend this show for another hour? We can just go off air.
2: (laughs) I mean, we're finding out things. She reveals things each day. Like wow, Uh, really a nerd.
5: you were a biker.
2: Kimberly. Ah, yes, I was. It wasn't um, that long ago either. So <laughs> if guys, if people, Chris, Chris and Kathy, if people want to reach out to you and um, have you come, well, we, school's not open, but if they want to reach out and maybe do a virtual Zoom or things That's like
5: absolutely. that. Yep. So it's just, um, they can go into taylorsmessage.com or we just started a new one. The websites get made as we speak. So we're trying to figure out because we wanted to do it together. So we've always done it together, but to have him come under Taylor's message when he speaks by himself is silly. So we're doing, we're going to do Sullivan's message because there's two of us. And then uh-huh. Chris's, program's, yep. Chris's program's called Not in the Play because they have all of his choices that led him to you know, addiction was not in the playbook. So it, his program is going to be called "Not in the Playbook," and then Taylor's message. i Love it. If someone you wanted. It, nice. Yeah, it's going to be good. So if someone wanted to get a hold of us now, they can go on to message.com
2: You two and are the absolute best. You, you are the best.
5: We love you guys. We, we love you. You guys, you guys do it every single day, and yeah. it's amazing what you do and to good work. So
2: We're trying. A- we're trying, you know, it's, it's funny. We, um, You're doing it. what's that? You You're doing it. You're not we're doing
5: it. You're doing well,
2: it. You know, you, doing you know, you know, you know, what's, what's interesting about it is, is that people say to me, are you in recovery? And I said, why well, are we all recovering from something? I'm in a, I'm on a journey more than I am per se in recovery. But, um, I have to tell you, you know, we are, are, are all recovering, whether it's from alcohol, whether it's food, what, you know, uh, childhood, trauma, things. So it's it's not, um, you know, I think it affects affects all of us. And I think using um, you know, having people like you guys come on and share your story and, um, you know, and having that constant repetition, I think really um, starts to hammer home that the stigma, um, you know, we, we need to be out there and keep continuing to talk about it. I guess in our closing minute, I, I do have a question. How are you overall I kind of we touched on it a little bit how are you guys doing with your um, with the covid now i mean do you find that um, you're you're feeling there's or? not much good left in blows.
5: so yeah no so, so i heard I've that painville was uh, back yes. on. But our businesses got shut down. All of our schools canceled. I'm a realtor, so people aren't really letting me in the house much. So, and being on a budget, you know, Chris is at Lowe's, you know, we're borrowing wood. He's making projects. He's like a great creative little human. So, the house is spotless. He's my chef, my maid, my laundry person. No, you're making us all look bad. That's
2: the Flintstones episode, Frederick, when he got hit on the head. And all the women in Bedrock love Frederick. And all the guys oh, yeah, in bedrock easy. were ready to kill him because i do yeah. have a lot of the useless stuff. Yeah.
5: But... but it does. You know we're guys, you know, because we're yeah, just see the
6: backyard. And... It's going yeah. crazy.
5: But it's doing okay. But you yeah, know what?
6: Six decks. We have two little houses out back. Six decks. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's pretty long. No, I'm
6: serious. It's crazy. It's like I'm literally, lost, you know. And
5: we don't sit on
2: any of them because yeah. so we don't.
6: <laughs> That's <laughs> so funny. Come
1: on over and enjoy that. Yeah.
6: We love
2: it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so that, thank you both for coming on. That's our show for the week. Kimberly, take us out.
0: Thank you guys again for coming on. Really, really appreciate it. Willie. It's always a pleasure to have you join thank us. Thank you,
2: anytime. Willie. <laughs> Good to be here.
0: Uh, yeah. So everybody, thank you for watching and join us again on Friday at nine 30. We'll be talking to Richie Farrell. That's the map.
4: See, <laughs> See you tonight. on Friday. Bye everybody. Friday. Bye. 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 Thank you.
0: Bye.